The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the southernmost point of Dorn to well north of the wall and the lands have always winted, this is Casterly Talk. I'm Ken Napsock for another edition of the show where we sit down and do well what a lot of other people do talk about game of thrones and the world of ice and fire but you know it's our way of doing it i am joined tonight and this week by uh, uh one of our regular uh voices of logic reason and insight here on casterly talk mr andres cabrera hey thank you, you so much for having me man i'm i'm happy to be back on casterly talk glad to have you here glad to have you part of uh uh the team our uh, our John Snow SEAL Team Six going north to capture a white. Hey, that's <laughs> what I'm a part of now. You're on the team here, uh, and uh, Andres or Aces will occasionally call you. But uh, gotta ask you this, man. Season eight, we're so close. Uh, are you ready? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I am, especially after that trailer. Yeah, oh, that trailer. It's still roaming around, and I'm so glad it's. The only thing we've really got. Mm. I saw a shorter version on TV. Uh, it was popping up. It might even be before YouTube. But I don't know when it was. I just had my TV playing. And it was a shorter version. And I just stopped everything. I heard Arya running. I was like, oh, that's it. Oh, oh where's she running from? We're here, Ace. We're here. We're here. Only a uh, couple weeks away. I mean, it, this yeah. is uh, it's creeping up on us, finally. And we've both been doing our rewatches. You did a complete rewatch, correct? I did, yes. I did a complete rewatch. I am done as of this recording. You are close. You're very close. I'm three episodes away. <sighs> yeah, three episodes away. It's so weird. As I finished uh, season seven, episode seven last night, as, at the time of this recording, I had I was like, the next time it's for real. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a game day. Practice is over. Yep. World Series starts tomorrow. And then I started thinking back to, you know, this this investment as, as fans. I don't think we should apologize for feeling as though this is a large part of our life. And now it's coming down to this. And I'm a little scared, Ace. I'm a little scared. I'm very scared. <laughs> I'm more than a little scared. I, I'm seeing, uh, I'm going to see my favorites just yeah. bite the dust. What are you most afraid of then? This is, this is unplanned here. What are you most afraid of as a fan? Uh, obviously I'm afraid of the connection that I have to these characters and right. losing these characters again. It's always devastating when you lose your favorite Game of Thrones characters. Right. And there's a few characters that I see on my list of favorites that I know are probably going to bite the dust and I'm kind of yeah. disappointed about it. That's part of it. And then yeah. obviously another part of it is I'm afraid of what decisions they choose to make. Since yeah. I am in my season seven watch currently in the yeah. middle of it right now, I'm starting to see the little things that I, yeah, yeah. you know, didn't really care for. <laughs> well, you know, it's when it comes to certain writing aspects, yeah, yeah. a little bit of the dialogue, I start to kind of see where I was like, oh, I, I still don't like this. You know, Well, you know, so, I, so completing season seven, I, I still look really enjoy every season here. But I will say this. I didn't watch. I watched season seven four times each week, like each episode in preparation for the Collider show. And then I haven't watched it since. And time, I'll say this about season seven, which uh, I, I may be even surprised I'm saying myself. Not, I'm not talking about the distance they traveled fast and all that kind of stuff. It seemed like the show and the creators and everything were like just waiting to get to the big fight this season. <laughs> like, yeah, we got We got to set some pieces, but the real thing's coming in eight. It seemed like a little setup. It was a lot of setup. It was. Uh, lot, it was a lot more when yeah. the, when when season six ends and Cersei's blown up the sept. Like that was the end of the season. And 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 don't get me wrong. There, there's a lot of things that connect in the show. Season seven ends with the big wall coming down and Danny and John in bed and all these things. But I was like, I think this is just the prelude to what's coming more than any other year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I see what you're saying. Yeah, and, and obviously we can attribute that to the departure from the books mm-hmm. and trying to create. I, I feel like it's one of those things where uh, D&D know the ending and mm-hmm. now they have to like fill in the blanks. We're yeah. like, we want to get to this, yeah. but we have to create enough story to get there. And I think that's kind of why they cut down the episodes too. Right. Because they, they feel like, oh, I, we don't want 
filler. So we're just kind of trying to fill in the blanks as much as we can. You're digging in on that point a little bit. Like I, I was always fine with seven. I'm fine with six episodes this season. Like I get it because, hey, they're telling the story they want. But in watching, I was like, yeah, all right. Again, I uh, the distance traveled fast, jokes and all that kind of stuff. I understand it's not the best, but it's it's never it never bothered me too much, right? But I'm thinking, all right, God, if we if we had one more episode in season seven or two more or the full ten, I would have wanted that. Then I was thinking, but what? There wasn't much to tell. You could take a little more time with things, but it almost seems like we need to clear the decks a little bit because we got again the big things coming. Yeah. And I'm looking specifically at the Baelish one. Uh, the flip around of what at what point did Sansa and you know what point did Bran just tell them? <laughs> I was like, okay. I, I mean, th- they just kind of needed to clear it. Yeah, that yeah. was rough, man. Yeah, that's a I know rough that's not seven. your favorite. Ooh, it, that's uh, not strong enough of a word. It, it's <laughs> it's probably my least favorite, least favorite. and that's saying something because the Sand Snake, well, the Sand Dorn. Snake Dorn stuff, that's probably my least favorite. Um, but no, I, it's a tie. I don't know. Cause I, I really do feel like it's seven episodes of just like, where are they going with this? Sansa's like, I hate John. I'm better than, uh, what's Arya doing? Why is she so good at fighting? It's like, who cares? (laughs) What what are you trying to get at? And I guess what they were trying to get at was like, we're better than Littlefinger. And it's like, Jesus, I didn't need seven episodes of like look here look there which look is over there interesting Ugh. that again if they maybe they just knew they didn't need more time and it kind of creates this weird feeling it is a, it is a, it is a, and there's some wonderful things in seven we all can agree on there's some i mean uh i that the spoils of war episode mm, still go that's it's great that's brawn here in the 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 the, the the foots and the footsteps and the hooves and the cheer and the Dothraki. That's still one of my favorite moments of mm-hmm. all Game of Thrones. So there's a lot of, there's, and again, I, I, I always feel like in this day and age of fandom, I need to say extra clear. I still loved the season. However, I, there's I, this, I 100% still yeah. love Game of Thrones and I love a lot of aspects of it. I just yeah. felt like there was, I think it's okay for, for fans. And, and I was watching a video about this. It's right. okay for fans to say, I don't really care for this aspect or that right, aspect right. and not be like, Oh, if you don't like it, then don't watch. It's like, yeah. oh, that's yeah. uh, if I don't like something, I'm allowed to say, I don't like it and still continue loving game of Thrones. Well, going back to like season four, I wasn't a big fan of the mutineer storyline. Number one, it's a huge departure from the books. And there's been a lot of huge departures from the books that work better for me than the books. If I'm being honest, oh, you're too. talking about beyond the wall, beyond the wall, okay. the mutineers, uh, John going back, Watching now, I have less of a problem with it, uh, I think, because it's so far in the rearview mirror. But at the time, at the time, I was like, I really didn't like it. Is it because of how Dior? I am disappointed. That's pretty. That was tough, but but that was you're like, yo, this guy's a legend, and that's how he that's goes. That's how he goes. Out? But oh. but I'm okay. I'm okay. I was okay with that, and that that kind of came from the the story I was already familiar with. But it just was a weird departure. Locke, the lock thing with Locke had a weird ending. It didn't pay off as much as uh, maybe they wanted to. Sure, because he's great with Jamie, great, and, and Ruth sends him north, and it and it's like it was intriguing. Like, oh, he's in, infiltrating the Night's Watch. Yeah. Oh, he's dead. Um, I, I still. I mean, I just yeah. find it hysterical. This whole Locke story. Line. And yeah. I've heard the nerd soup guys talk about this, how yeah. like John and the Night's Watch like really thought Locke was the homie. Like he dies like, man, that guy was cool. <laughs> R.I.P. Locke, man. It's like he's a now brother. His watch has yeah, ended. now his watch is ended, man. That guy was cool. He could, yeah. he could fight. He was a hunter. He like yeah. counted everyone out. Like <laughs> and a cool goatee. Yeah, man. That guy, man, it's too bad. And it's like you're never going to know <laughs> that Locke was like they're like sabotage yeah and so point (laughs) point being and what you brought up it's like i can look back in my rewatch it's like all right i remember i remember not liking this and that's okay and at time has tempered some of my dislike we'll see what happens with seven for me or even for you once the all the pieces are into place but it's okay i think it's important to know maybe give ourselves as fans permissions i'm still really disappointed with dorn only because for a lot of reasons but it just it's such a big part of the books mm-hmm. and so much of that is cut, which means maybe it doesn't factor in as much in the books as I want it to. And that's something we have to face as fans. Yeah. yeah and I just saw episode two, which basically concludes, right. I mean, episode three, technically with, with right. Ilaria, but episode oh, yeah, two yeah. essentially and, concludes the whole, like, mm-hmm. I mean, Euron just kills all the sand snakes and yep. captures Ilaria and it's over. And you're like, that was yeah. what you built up to. Right. It's so disappointing. Incredibly was, disappointing disappointing in that way of like hey you got these great characters especially look Oberyn sets the bar high you know yeah. when you're going back in season five and it's 
the continuation. Uh, maybe they even had no chance to ever be as good because it's it's Pedro Pascal over Martel. It's heartbreaking. It's the best. It, it, it's the best one season arc for me in in the show. And so it had a lot of lot to live up to. But then even the show the show didn't know what to do with it. It was too big for them to fit into what they were doing. But I, I still feel like the the whole like making Tristan uh, the main mm-hmm. prince. That to me is the biggest mistake yeah. of the Dorn storyline. Interesting. Why go more into that? Because I've never really heard that angle. Well, I mean the, the 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 fact that the 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 whole thing that makes Dorn so different from the rest of the realm is the fact that if you have a daughter, she can rule Dorn. Right. And 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 one of the main characters we have in the book is that daughter of of Dorn Martell. Oh yeah, yeah. Ari Arian Martell. Arian yeah. Martell. That that she is such a major piece, and they mm-hmm. just completely wrote her out of the book. <laughs> And and made kind of the Sand Snakes take her place in a very mm-hmm. empty, thin, yeah, yeah. Very like thin. It, it's not like they want to do this weird female empowerment thing, but mm. they could have just had right. her in the they story her, instead. Yeah. yeah. And, and instead they make it this whole like we killed a man and we yeah. now rule Dorn. And it's like in the books, you ruled Dorn already. Like already. this was never an yeah. actual issue for Dorn. It never was because that's what makes Dorn so different is the fact that the women have the same right. place at the table. Yeah, it could have, it, I think it could have worked of all the characters that don't make that transition from book to show. Uh, you know, Lady Stoneheart's still the one that probably would, would have had one of the most, but, but Arya Martell could have worked. And I don't think people would have been confused because uh, you're not confused with Tristane. Mm-hmm. So you got, Oberyn's daughters and you got their cousin yeah <laughs> there she is uh i know there's a lot of stuff with the, the king's guard ours okar okenhard uh, okart yeah comes down um but yeah 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 that, it's still kind of it's still kind of looking back that's still one of the things yeah but as we look back uh we we're not we're not here to uh we're here we're getting all this out of our system because we got new things coming but it it does give you some pause you this is where this whole little ta- great little tangent started you said you know I want to make sure they're all their decisions we have you know sometimes they do make some bad ones and we don't have a season after to to correct it or forget about it it. this is it that's where this whole conversation started it's over it's over and i'm sure i still have a feeling mainly because we've heard since like season three or four that the finale is coming from the mind of george like he told them right exactly what he wanted in the ending and how this story ends so i'm confident that at least the finale episode is going to be quite satisfying in the sense of a game of thrones satisfying because you know satisfying is a strong word but (laughs) game of thrones satisfying you know the word bittersweet has been thrown around so much but that's probably what we're going to get a pretty satisfying bittersweet game of thrones ending do you want to be We've talked about this in some form or another, but let, let's really hone on, hone in on the point here. Do do you want? How do I phrase this? Do you still want to have a lot of questions when the show ends? I'm not quite saying Sopranos black fade to black journey plays. I'm just saying, do you want all loose ends tied up? Do you think they can? Do you want it? Uh, what 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 feeling in your stomach do you want at the end of this? Yeah, for the most part, I kind of do. I mean, obviously, I do want maybe some open questions left yeah, yeah. up in the air, but all the main ones, I, I definitely want those. Specifically, obviously, the Night's King, right? That that's what I yeah. want to know exactly how that concludes and what they're right. after. And then my thing is like with this whole rewatch, I'm obsessed with like trying to figure out what's going to mm. happen and what's the ending, but also the Lord of light, like the last, you know, the long mm. night, the Lord of light, yeah. Zora high. It's been such a big aspect of the show that if they leave, leave that hanging, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed if right. they don't answer that question. Yeah. And, and the next couple of weeks here, as we get, uh, get the final stages of being ready for season eight with, with Rachel and lawn and, and Andres and my, myself, we'll probably get into some of the questions we want answered. So let's put a pin in some of that, but, but the night King, his purpose and watching season seven again, which is probably the most we've, we get to see the night King in action, not counting hard home. He's throwing ice javelins. He's riding dragons. He is fully functional in a lot of ways. Um, and watching John and Danny in the caves beneath Dragonstone and the circle patterns, which goes all the way back to, you know, season one and, and, you know, season, uh, was it season two with the man? It's like always the artist. 
if that doesn't connect up in some way, shape, or form, I don't necessarily need John or Bran to explain it beat by beat. But if it's not addressed in some way, I'd be, you know, I, I guess I'll say shortchanged. It's yeah. okay to say shortchanged. Absolutely. <laughs> I just want answers. Just Same want here. answers. That's, that's good. I'm glad you brought up uh, the Night King there. Any other things uh, in season seven watching so far there that you uh, get you get, get you excited for season eight? Excited? Yes. Obviously, everything gets me yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah. But, but the one question that I keep having, and I know it's such an odd thing to ask considering he's such a minor character, but I keep going back to Varys. Ver- yes. What's his connection to... The Lord of Light, because I, I still I, I saw the scene, obviously, again, of Melisandre saying, you know, I'm mm. coming back to this, you know, foreign country. And, and you know, obviously she's going to Volantis right. um, and she says, I'm going to die here. And so are you. And then I keep going back to the scene, which I believe is either I think it's episode two mm. where yeah. where Varys has that confrontation with Danny mm-hmm. and Danny essentially says, hey, what's your deal? What's your problem? Are you really on my side? And Varys is like, yes, I'm on your side. And then she really gives that yeah. epic foreshadowing of it like, is. if you ever betray me, I'm going to burn you alive. <laughs> and then it's, I keep going back to how like an episode later, yeah. Melisandre says you're going to die. So I'm like, is this some epic foreshadowing of how Varys is going to betray Danny and he's going to get burned alive? I, like, I, I kind of feel like that's what's going to happen mainly because mm-hmm. of his hatred for magic. Like his epic yeah. hatred for magic. I, I think on the record of saying, <laughs> yeah, I think something that Danny does, mm-hmm. which already we've seen in season seven, that she's getting a little toasty as yeah. far as like, I like seeing people burn. It's kind of cool. <laughs> it's the thing I like. Yeah. So maybe he's going to be like, I don't like that. And mm-hmm. he does betray Danny because mm-hmm. of her, you know, quote unquote viciousness yeah. because she's getting a little loose with, with her viciousness. Well, you look at, uh, you know, in the pages of fire and blood, there's a lot of, uh, you know, murder by dragon, yeah. <laughs> not just fire, but eaten too. And, and, um, that's really interesting to say that because it's fun. One of the things, and I still run into fans who haven't really gone back and done a rewatch and some of them are doing it now. And they're like, I'm picking up on things. I'm like, yes, that's why we all watch them 12 times. Um, Mentioning the the Varys thing mm-hmm. because right now, as I'm hearing you talk, I'm thinking, ah, yeah, I think he's going to stick on her t- on her side. But you know, remember uh, Peter Baelish at the beginning of season four says there's a lot of different ways for people to die, and he then proceeds to give us all three of the big deaths. You know, at their wedding, choking on food. I'm paraphrasing on the on the toilet. Like, so you look back and go, oh, it's right in front of us. So you might be you might be right, Ace. I know you love making predictions. You're the office predictor. I try. <laughs> I could I'm see usually wrong. If, but. if, if, yeah, if Varys, if Varys doubles down, go with us here, folks. If Dar- Varys doubles down in his hatred of black magic, Danny is fighting for the Lord of Light in any way, shape, or form because mm-hmm. she's prophesied too along with Jon Snow. Well, yeah, maybe Varys is like, screw that. Yeah. I want my parts back. <laughs> I mean, not just that, but I really do feel like there has to be a purpose. For making Danny somewhat unreasonable in season seven, because this is the first season we see her. Obviously, we've seen that in other seasons, but this is the first season where mm-hmm. there's certain scenes where you're like, come on, Danny. Like, come on. Like th- when she first meets John, she's yeah. very unreasonable. Very and she's unreasonable. very like, I'm the queen and I'm going to sit on the throne and yeah. you suck because you don't bow down. And then she turns to Tyrion and she's like, I thought you liked this guy. And it's like, really? Because yeah, he's. Yeah. Cause he just said that I'm He's being, I just got here, man. Got, <laughs> like Danny is somewhat unreasonable in that episode. Yeah, yeah. And obviously when she burns Dick on like RIP Dick on Tarly, like, uh-huh. like he's uh-huh. just standing up for his family with and, his big shoulder pads. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's, and that's fascinating because what do you also have there? You have Varys telling Tyrion, uh, control her. That's exactly it. Why yeah. did she do that? Exactly. Control her. Like, I do feel like she's getting a little too slippery. Yeah. That maybe that will be will be foreshadowing something in season eight yeah. that maybe Kinvara Melisandra whispers in her ear as far as like burn the sinners, I, burn the unbelievers. I would love Kinvara to come back. Oh, I need uh, Kinvara to come a, back. That is a great one shot. I need man. her to come back. She I, is so good. I really do feel like the more I go through this rewatch, the more I feel like the Lord of Light plays a huge part in this story. Obviously, a song of fire and ice. Yes. This keeps coming up, 
And and we see this in the in Jon Snow. We see right. this with the Targaryens and the Starks. But I kept thinking about it. What if we just see this in a literal sense as well? Uh-huh. We, we're seeing it in a literal sense of ice with the Night's King freezing everything. Right. What if, you know, the Lord of Light and all these followers just want to burn some shit? <laughs> burn <laughs> burn. I mean, Kinvara says, and I rewatched yeah. that scene with Kinvara. It, yeah. She literally says, burn the unbelievers, burn the sinners. Yes. You know, her dragons were... Her dragons will burn the unbelievers by the thousands, is yeah. her quote. Uh, and I think, I mean, we see that she can see the future. <laughs> the actress, maybe that's what we actually get. Maybe right. maybe Danny's, you know, you know, fortune yeah. is that she, you know, gets enough of this Lord of Light hype that she says, you know what? Right. I'm just going to burn the whole shit down. And again, it goes back to me going back to how closely related Avatar The Last Airbender is to Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. And I just had a podcast about Avatar The Last Airbender, but yeah. that essentially is the finale of Avatar The Last Airbender where the Fire Lord is yeah. like, you know what? I got all this firepower. I'm just going to burn some shit, man. Well, it's it's the thing, and we've had this discussion even about the night gig, about the idea. For, oh, first of all, before, uh, Anaya Buckstein is the actress, uh, or maybe it's Bukestein. Uh, she is a uh, Russian, Moscow-born Israeli actress, singer-songwriter, pianist, Ooh. and voice actress, who uh, plays uh, Kinvara, and I think it's... Uh, it's, it's it's one these of the red best. priestess man. It's they're next level. <laughs> I always love saying it like Varys, red priestess. Um, it's great, and I'm so glad you brought up the quotes there. But yeah, it's, it's, it's it goes back to this little silly notion that you know I don't think I don't think it's true, but it's like eh, maybe the Night King ain't fighting for the bad guys. You know, again, I think he is, but like Lord of the Light doesn't it's the one that seems to work and it's the one that doesn't seem to be happy no again <laughs> shadow demon yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> doesn't seem like a very polite like or very holy we're, we're happy it brought barrack back yeah. we're happy it brought john back yeah uh, other than that there's been some weird things just coming. <laughs> again i told you last time i was here man but i yeah. will never forget and i will always go back to that quote yeah. and that's one thing that I will always remember Davos for it, but Davos said it best. If your Lord commands you to burn little girls, your Lord is evil. I mean, it's I, that simple. I wasn't going to bring up Stannis's mistakes because I love him, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Not just that, but rewatching season two, which yeah. I did, obviously mm-hmm. him, him when Melisandre is like getting joy out of burning the non-believers. Yeah. I mean, does George really want us to root for that? To, right. to root for hyper-religious people who burn people at the stake who they consider to be non-believers? Mm-hmm. That seems kind of evil to me. Yeah. So yeah. maybe maybe this whole it's, Lord it's, of Light is not so nice. It's a delicious quandary of we love John, we love Danny. They're fighting for something, you know, John being brought back to life. By it. And even, you know, the Hound and, and Barrack saying, you know, and, and Richard Dormer's wonderful voice that I cannot even... Uh, uh, you know, impersonate there, but you know, you're, 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 you're not done yet. You're, you're here for a reason. And to saying to John um, in that walk, and I do love a lot of stuff. I know the stuff North of the wall with uh, the, the, all, the all-star team is some, sometimes some, not, not the favorite for some fans, but I, I love the talk. I love the conversations that they're having on that walk up there. Um, and I love Barrick just telling John we're, we're, we're here for a reason. We keep being brought. Do you think it's to die here? Eh, there's something. Uh, so I'm fascinated by that. But what is it? Something because the Lord of Light. Yeah. Burn, baby, burn. Exactly it. Maybe maybe what we see is two sides mm. who want one side wants purification by ice. The other side just wants purification by fire. <laughs> death by fire, death by ice. Yeah. Maybe both sides are wrong. It's song yeah. of fire and ice. Song of fire and ice. And the yeah. lesson is uh, neither. <laughs> Please neither. neither. Well, yeah, we're uh, going to continue here in a little bit on Casterly Talk, talking about something else that is uh, close to Ace's heart. We're going to officially name Ace our Casterly Talk uh, combat sport expert here, um, because this is something we're going to we're going to talk about here after the break. That uh, we got some pretty epic fighters left in Game of Thrones, and you had listened to another show a while ago, and you were inspired by that. And we love uh, all the shows that cover Game of Thrones here. Uh, we're very open about that. It's a big podcast and YouTube world. Enjoy all the content. Uh, but we're going to kind of have our own version of that talk uh, after the break. I hope you're okay with that title, A. So you okay with that? Oh, I'm very okay with that. We'll be back with Casterly Talk after this.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back here on Casterly Talk. Andres Cabrera, Ken Napsok here. Even during the break, we're just we're just talking about Game of Thrones. We can't stop talking, Andres. We can't stop talking about it. That's right. We're obsessed, man. We're obsessed, and uh, <laughs> that's why we're here at Casterly Talk. So right. uh, I teased it from the break here, uh, uh, Mr. Cabrera. We uh, you you had heard this show uh, a while ago, another station. You can shout it out here in a second, and it was this topic of the best fighters. Remaining, and that is a great jumping-off point for us here at Casually Talk. Tell us about how this came into your uh, your radar screen. Yeah, I mean, obviously, since I've started watching Game of Thrones, one of the biggest themes of Game of Thrones, and something that George is very obsessed with, as much as you know, I am, is is the fact of like this whole like fantasy world of knights and all this is still one of the most fun questions we can ask: is who's mm-hmm. the greatest fighter? Like. Yeah. Who can win in fights? I mean, obviously, themes of trial by combat always come up since season one. Mm-hmm. Um, we see the stuff in the books. We hear of legends of swordsmen who can take down like 10 or 20 men at once. Right. Like these are the stories we hear from Game of Thrones. So I've, you know, ever since I started watching this show, have been obsessed with who's better, who's the best, who can take on who. Right. Um, so I've always watched lists of like greatest fighters of Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones fighters ranked, right. all this type of stuff. Because I'm again, ranking fighters is literally you know, what I do. You're, you're a fan <laughs> of mixed martial arts, mixed martial uh, arts, man. UFC uh, rankings, uh, even on uh, you know Force Center, you've come on and ranked the best lightsaber fights with me, right, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And we're going to do more of that soon. So it's in it's in your blood. It's in it's, your Dornish it's in blood. My, it's in my blood, man. And I mean, a Dornish blood. Yeah, yeah. A great example of you, great fighters. You are you are the red viper. Me, so <laughs> I just want a better ending for you. Yeah. So obviously, the question is like, who's the best fighter? Game of Thrones. We sure. can go on and on about like the, the legends of Arthur Dane, right? Barrison Selmy in his prime. Uh, Robert in his yeah, prime, Robert Rhaegar, Rhaegar yeah. in his prime. Um, I mean, there's uh, Jamie in his prime mm-hmm. when he had two hands, and he, I mean, he could yeah. probably be number one on my list now. But I really like what Talking Thrones did, and Talking yeah. Thrones said, not who's the best fighter in Game of Thrones. I can give you a list for that, but who's the best fighter alive? Mm-hmm. Because we see now, and I told you last time I was here, yeah. that we've kind of gone away from this kind of political mm-hmm. battles of Game of Thrones. And now we're getting into literal <laughs> hand-to-hand battles yeah. where it's like, bro, if you can pick up a sword and take down 20 dudes, we need you we need, to we fight need, some White Walkers. You mind coming up to the wall for a little bit, yeah. or at least a Winterfell. So it seems like the ability to fight, combat expertise is more and more important in this show. And obviously the trailer shows us the Battle of Winterfell and we're yeah. going to see epic battles of human men taking on, you know, mystical freaking creatures that are way stronger than men that we've seen before. So I compiled a list of what I consider to be the top five fighters still left on the show. And obviously if there's a top five, that means I left people off the list. (laughs) It's so tough to make lists. Unfortunately, I left a few fighters off my list. So I I, want to start out by giving them shout outs, obviously now. And I I want to give my my tip of the hat to to these great gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, the first one is someone that's going to break your heart. That is not Uh-oh. on my top five, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> but, but I gotta, I gotta admit it, man. Like he's great. He, he really yeah. is one of the best fighters in the show, but he's just not quite mm. top five. And mm. that's Jorah Mormont. Well, cause you're talking about right now, as we are going right towards the battle of Winterfell and the end, the great war, the war for the dawn, he's been slipping for two, three years. That's They've right. showed it. So yeah. it breaks my heart, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Jorah, I mean, what I've seen before in the trailer, and I hopefully people don't take this as a great, huge spoiler, but we've seen other people point out the fact that he probably has Heartsbane yeah. going into this Battle of Winterfell, which mm-hmm. I think is incredible. Yeah. We've seen him take out, obviously, the Dothraki Screamer. We've seen mm-hmm. him take out like dozens and dozens of soldiers. So we know he's a beast. I mean, obviously, he Won some joined the Golden Company. Yeah. Like, this guy can throw down. Like, yeah. Jor Mamon's a beast. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he's not on my list. 
Um, I want to give another shout out to there's difficult. It's difficult for me to include certain people on this list. Okay. Yeah. Um, Someone like a Dario, for example, I I think Dario can kill anyone. Like he's one of those guys where the legend is bigger than what we've seen. Right. Um, So based off that, that's probably the only reason why I'll keep him off the list. Mm -hmm. And also because I don't think we're going to see much of him in season eight. I don't think we're going to see him at all. I think we're going to see him. him? Yeah. I think what I hope so. Once the the winter yeah. comes, I think we'll cut to well, like this yeah. epic Maybe. shot of like look at Essos right now and yeah. who is our POV in Essos if not Dario. I think that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. So we'll we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit because we're this li- we're going in story, which is I love. I love crawling into the bubble of all these things we love and these stories and these worlds as if they're real and. I got why Danny broke up with them, and I was happy because I'm a Jorah fan, and you leave him in Marine. But right now, after Danny sees the army, after Danny loses a dragon and, and, and is making sweet, sweet love with her nephew, but is heading to the final fight, wouldn't she be like, send a raven to Essos? I need, we need some help because Dario's really good. So I think you're right to leave him off this list because I don't think in story, we're not talking about the producers of the show and George Omar, in story, they don't seem to be factoring him. Sure. Yeah, he doesn't seem and like he's going to play a big factor in season eight. He'd be someone I'd want there. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm forming a team. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite Daria moments is when he kind of breaks down talking about the fighting pits and how it, it basically made him who he is and how right. he learned how to fight so incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously in the books, we we hear about the, the ups and downs of the fighting pits, how he can yeah. teach you how to be a great fighter, but not necessarily on the battlefield. Barristan right. has a great uh, chapter about that yeah. when he takes down the guy who's protecting... Uh, his uh, oh, oh yeah, 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 his door Zolarak. Yeah, there's yeah. yeah, names in the books. Yes. A lot of fun. So uh, I wouldn't do good the, at game. The guard trivia. who's protecting him, yes, yeah, yeah, is like a great champion. Yeah, but Barristan, even in his old age, takes him out. Yeah, because he says, you know, I I know enough skill where he learned in the fighting pits, but I've learned in battlefields, man. It's, it's street knowledge versus book knowledge. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so kicking off my list at All number right. five. We're going in. We're going in. Is, is one of the greatest warriors in the show. Mm-hmm. Someone who I told you recently, I think this guy can take down anyone. Skilled fighter, probably the most resourceful fighter on my list. All right. And that is my boy, Sir Braun of Blackwater. <laughs> I'm applauding you. I think yeah. you should be there. Braun is a beast. He's a beast. Like if we go down the list and see how many people have taken down Mm -hmm. important fighters, Braun kicks things off by taking down uh, Servardus. Servardus, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Servardus, yeah. And we know that the Knights of the Vale are formidable fighters and they're not slouches. These guys are not your typical chill do nothing sort of knights. These yeah. guys learn how to fight and they take fighting seriously. They fight in the hill tribes. They, yeah. So Sir Braun proves right away that he's one yeah. of the best fighters on the show right away in season one. Yeah. And continuing on as he's becoming uh, Tyrion's number yeah. one, you know, go-to bodyguard, you know, sell yeah. sword, whatever sell you want sword. to call them. You did um, not fight with honor. <laughs> no, but he did. That's one of my favorite lines it's in the show. Absolutely. It's so good. But, uh, but that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's what makes him great is the fact that he fights dirty. He's the kind of fighter who says, I'm fighting you to yeah. kill you. I'm not fighting you to make your face look pretty. I'm yeah. going to scrape, fight, bite, kick you in the balls. Like whatever it what takes, takes to kill you, yeah. I'm going to do it. And, and he's incredible as far as skills with weapons. We've yeah. seen him, with a sword. We've sword. seen him with his knife, his throwing knife, which is incredible. We've seen him, We've with, seen the, him the, with a bow. With the scorpion uh, taking down a dragon, essentially. He took yeah. down Drogon. Yeah. <laughs> like, that makes him a legend already, he, man. He outran how a, many, a Dothraki. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many years has it taken for, for someone to take? He could be yeah. like, bro, I took down a dragon. Yeah. It's like Sam Sam took out a White Walker first in like a thousand years. Yeah. Uh, Bronn shot a dragon. He shot a dragon. First and if he while. killed Drogon, which he it almost did, almost did. he would have been Sir Bronn the dragon. <laughs> Slayer, how epic would that have been? <laughs> I killed the right dragon, and I can't lie, man. In that moment, I was I was yeah. kind of rooting for it. <laughs> it's one of my favorite moments of season yeah. seven. It's it's and they talk about it in the producers' notes after on the HBO app. Uh, if you watch that, 
it's the first time we've had like main characters facing off that we probably are invested in and, and, yeah. and can not choose societies. Like it's great. It's Danny so and Drogon versus Braun in a moment. And Braun and yeah, what? Braun and Jamie. Yeah. yeah Braun and Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, what, what makes him the best is mm. the fact that what I just said, he's not the fastest, he's not the strongest, but he's, right. he's one of the most, he's a veteran, obviously he's an older yeah. guy, but he's the most resourceful. He's the kind of guy who will get in a fight with you, you know, mm. fisticuffs, one-on-one and he's the kind of guy to use his surroundings use his environment whether it's picking up a rock or whatever it is around him to kill you he'll yeah. do whatever it takes to end your life i mean obviously we see that in the trial by combat yeah when he's just throwing stuff at at servardis and he's just going around the 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 yeah yeah, freaking the, halls, the, the, just, yeah the, the veil yeah yeah so, and he's just making him chase him down and using using his environment and using mm-hmm. his skill as a technical fighter yeah. to wear him out. And I, I think he's one of the greatest fighters in the show. I, I think he's incredibly skilled and I love Braun. I think he's great. In, uh, d- prediction time. We we don't know, you know, we last leave him. He He's loyal to Jamie more than anything and the payments, right? He walks off. He's like, I ain't, he's a dragon. I got, I got a bad prediction. I got a bad feeling. <laughs> I got a bad feeling. And you know what it is? I got a feeling. I got a I got a weird theory that's really coming from nowhere. Hit me. Um, it's it's coming from nowhere. It, no, but it's like, coming no. from you, and it's that, just that has from merit my to me. <laughs> I kept thinking, okay, we don't see Braun leave mm-hmm. with Jamie. We don't see Braun with Jamie in the trailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of have a bad feeling that he's gonna get uh, killed. He's gonna yeah. get yeah. like maybe Cersei. I think Cersei is gonna command the mountain to yeah. be like give me Braun's head. Mm. I think we're going to see Braun get into a mini battle with yeah. the mountain and eventually lose. That he can win. Um, okay. Uh, which is a little bit disappointing. And if you hear my, I yeah. can hear the listeners being like, then why didn't you put the mountain on? <laughs> Where's the mountain on your list? Um, I just don't see, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid for Braun. I am too. Uh, I think, I think we're going to see a little bit more of the mountain yeah. take down some of our favorite characters. And I think Braun's going to be one of them. Yeah. Because again, I, the trailer hasn't, you know, we saw so, we saw so little in the trailer, which is great, but we don't, we don't see Braun up there. So, you know, we don't, doesn't mean he's not. Cause I don't think we really see Theon or Yara yeah. and we don't know their fate. So, um, he's one of the guys that I would want on my team up there. And I think he'd do great because he's already been north of the wall and he probably hasn't fought White Walkers, but he knows his way around the snow. He can do it. So just start list the, the stats on the back of the baseball card. Yeah, I want him there. But yeah, in story, because in the books, you know, he's kind of off. He's, you know, we don't, by book, end of book five, he's not really a factor. We don't know if he comes back yet. George finished the damn books, but what do you do with that? You know, yeah. is he just there at the end to celebrate or is he a casualty along the way? I, I think he's going to be a casualty. I think he's going to be another reason for us to root against Cersei. I think it's going to be another reason mm-hmm. for us to, mm-hmm. to kind of feel like we've lost characters. Yeah. I, I think what D and D are doing right now, especially in the first few episodes is they're trying to break our hearts as fast as they can. And they're going to do it with minor, not, I mean, obviously not yeah, yeah. minor. Cause I Braun is a major character, yeah, yeah. but these minor compared to Jon Snow he, and Danny and Jamie. Yeah, he's a second tier character. Second tier character. Yeah. I think we're going to lose some yeah. great fighters, and I think the first one to go is going to be Braun. Well, it's a shame if he's not there in the yeah. War for the Dawn, but understandable. So that's a great number five. Uh, what do you got now? Number four, I got my boy, the yeah. guy who probably wouldn't be on this list uh, if not for everything that he's keep proving yeah. so far, he keeps proving that, you know what? You can't take this guy lightly. Mm. That's John freaking snow, man. He, John snow. He's got, he's the total, he's the total package. He is. He's the number he one is. draft pick that everyone likes. And he can, and, and, he can and, score and, and, you know, touchdowns. you see the NFL scouts being like, he's a little too small. Right, right. His hand size is not, not quite <laughs> wrap his hand around the sword. His 40, his 40 times weren't the best. But yeah. he gets on the field and he wins. Exactly. He's yeah. the he's the the Russell Wilson, the undersized yeah. quarterback. He's yeah. the undersized fighter. Because to be honest, yeah. Jon Snow, you know, Kit Harrington yeah. is notoriously a, not a big guy. Yeah. He's notoriously yep. a guy who's my size. Uh, and yeah. he's my size, which is, uh, you know, I've looked it up before. You have looked it up? I have. I mean, I've stood next to him and I've stood next to you. And yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. He's my size. Yes. So he's a pretty small guy. <laughs> yeah, but... You could run and run and run, Ace. Yeah, and and what we've seen from John is is we've seen him take down some tough guys. Absolutely, we've seen him take down 
big boss fights. Mm-hmm. We've seen him to be not the strongest fighter, not the best fighter, but the most mm-hmm. resilient fighter. He's the yeah. guy who he'll get now. He will get knocked down every time, and he'll get back up just as quick. Yeah, going back to I'm trying to think of his first big kill uh, might be Corn Halfhand, right? I'm trying to think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now again, I I think. Corn one of that result. Uh, it's not necessarily an up and up and even fight, but I think and Halfhand is considered to be one of the greatest. One of the fighters. greatest. So it's on his list, uh, especially the legend of that defeat. But it shows John's kind of emotional, you know, intestinal fortitude. It's yep. like the things that he had to do that, and that was tough enough. Yes, he knew what Corn wanted him to do. Corn got into his head, got him upset to do it, but he did it. And we've seen him battle after battle. Man, he's yeah. taken down Wildlings. He's taken down. Boltons, he's taken down. He took down Carl fucking Tanner. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry for <laughs> no, you're right, man. We'll, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cal Tanner of Gin Alley, yeah, the greatest uh, yeah. cutthroat, yeah. But we've seen, and obviously, we can say that was a little bit cheap because mm. you know he got a little bit of help in that fight, but then he uses his skills from fighting Carl Tanner, yeah, to eventually take down what's ho- homeboy then, uh, Stir, 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 yeah, Stir, yeah. Was huge, huge. He's like a seven foot two giant good, thin, good hammer shot. Yeah, and he t- he takes him down. Yeah. Like he's the kind of guy who can take down mm. big dudes, uses resilience, uses skills as a fighter to to take down some mass. I mean, he took down a White Walker for crying out loud. He did it, and even though, yeah, I know he's got a Valerian steel sword, but that's part of it. He, it, it is. He is the quarterback of the team. He's the he's the guy I love. I love working in sports references to Game of Thrones, but. Even defeating Ramsey, both surviving the battle. Yep, Sansa came, came in, saved the day. We get that. But he pulled himself up from the bottom. He, he survived. Ramsey, he's he's there with a shield, <laughs> charging a man with an arrow. Like, every time you see John fighting, it, it's a, it, he digs deep. Yeah. I think the quintessential John moment is his passions uh, get him into a little trouble. But, uh, you know, Rickon dies in front of him. And I love the sigh. The removal of the the sword uh, and then pulling out uh, Longclaw as Ramsey's army chargers. That is my favorite John moment. It is. It's it's the greatest John moment. Yeah. I mean, obviously, facing down against the Night King is great. Yeah. But we see how Longclaw plays a big part as far as his skill. Like, there's a great line in the book where he he talks about how he's obsessed with practicing because he right. feels the pressure the pressure of having. Not just the Mormont sword, right. Longclaw, but a Valyrian steel sword. Something that requires equal skill for equal of a, of a graceful and powerful weapon. So right. he feels this obligation to practice more than anyone else right. because he has the pressure of handling the most powerful weapon on mm. Earth. Mm. So I, I mean, that's part of what makes him such a great fighter is that... Yeah. You know, he wants to he learn wants. how to fight. He wants to get better. He's not as skilled as probably a Jamie Lannister, right. but he's the kind of guy who wants to be as good as Jamie. He's looking up to be a skilled fighter. Because he feels he has to. Because he feels he has to. Feels, yeah, not yeah. worthy of it sometimes. And luckily, we know he's going to be there. He's going to be there. <laughs> and I'm sure he's going to take down quite a few guys in the yeah, process. it's going to be fun. Great. Uh, at my number three is okay. someone that I have been saying for years that people are sleeping on. Uh-oh. Someone that I feel is incredible. Right. And he's proven time and time again. And I think the show is trying to tell you right. how incredible he is. Mm-hmm. And that is my boy, my number one homie, yeah. Gray Worm, yeah. is incredible. Grey Worm, absolutely. Grey Worm has, I mean, obviously we hear the story of the Unsullied. We hear the legend of the Unsullied. We hear how these guys have been trained to fight since they were three years old. Mm -hmm. They've done vicious things. They have no fear. And all that is true. This isn't legend. This isn't stories. This is true. The Unsullied trained like no other soldier. Constantly. And the Unsullied said, our best guy is Grey Worm. Right. That right there should tell you quite a bit. My second thing is the Battle of Kohar, Kihar, um, the, the legendary Battle of Kohar where the Unsullied mm-hmm. faced off against 40,000 Thraki right. and defended that castle with everything they had. And oh. it was, I think it was 4,000 against 40,000. Wow. Um, and at the end of the battle, there was 300 Unsullied left and they killed 18,000 Thraki. And it's one of those things where we hear the legend of the Tothraki, yeah. and yet the Unsullied just made them look like yeah. children. 
Yeah. He completely using skill, using intelligence, using cunning, mm-hmm. and 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 being able to stand against the Thraki. So we yeah. know they are skilled in battle. Yeah. And Grey Worm is a master of a spear, the master of a sword, master of a shield, the master at military strategy. Mm-hmm. Like this guy is incredible on all accounts. He he was there as a top fighter for the sack of Astapor. Yeah. He was there uh taking down when when the ambush of the sons of the harpy yeah. came in and like dozens and dozens and dozens of sons of the harpy against like what 15 unsullied maybe yeah. and he was the last one standing and and his his only defeat is 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 because he was overwhelmed and trying to save barristan and and, and not just that but the fact that he was able to stay alive, stay alive. when barristan yeah. wasn't i mean obviously mm. we we go back to a lot of people go back to that scene and say this is terrible because we're seeing, and I'm one of those people who say, yeah. come on, we can't see the Unsullied die by random noblemen. Right, right, right. Uh, and I agree with that sentiment, but if these random noblemen are taking down Unsullied and Barristan Sully, yeah, yeah, yeah. they might have some they skill. They might have some skills. Uh, you know, and if you, catching people unawares is a strategy. It is. <laughs> and, and if you go back to that episode, a yeah. lot of people say, oh, look, he, he killed a lot of them. No, 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 no. He mm. didn't kill a lot of them. He killed dozens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he yeah. killed, like, if you go back and count, I think I counted up to, like, 20-something, like, 25 really? or something crazy like that. You have done your research. Yeah. Man. I love it. He's, he's, he took down he's, a lot of, of, of people surrounding him, yeah. completely ambushed him, and he took them all down. Yeah. And I, I really do feel like Grey Worm is the kind of guy who people are really sleeping on, and I think he's absolutely incredible. I think he can kill anyone. I think he, I'm so, you put a, some dragon glass on the end of his spear. I think that's what go. he's going to do. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's going to put dragon glass at the end yeah. of the spear. I think he's going to have a sword just in case, maybe a, a, yeah. a, a dragon glass dagger. <laughs> and I already see it, man. I'm getting so excited. Just thinking of these, uh, these battle scenarios. Cause I do see it as this, as like, I mean, you, you know, see it in the trailer, man. You see, you see it in the trailer, but I see it as a as a, a NFL football game. Like, who's on our side and who's playing what position? And we're going into this big battle. We know Grey Worm's there. We've seen the kiss with Missande. I know oh. some people don't take that as a good oh. sign. Oh, you're, you're telling me, uh, man. I, I mean, after all this hyping yeah, up, I'm, I'm gassing Grey Worm up. I'm like, bro, this guy's the number <laughs> one pick. I'm finally here to tell you, Ken, that you he's think, a goner. You think he, oh, the, I saw it. As soon as I saw the trailer yeah. and they, they, they showed Grey Worm like five times in the trailer. I'm like, why do they keep showing a kiss with Masande? I was like, <laughs> you guys serious? I got mad. Like I legit got, got mad. mad because yeah. I was like, why are you killing him off? You're killing him off. Uh, it's, it's not even like a maybe. Yeah. It's not even a 90% chance. It's a 100% chance. Grey Worm is a goner. And and I guarantee that he's gonna go out in this epic, glorious. Like he'll probably even take down a massive White Walker. Yeah. He might even have like an amazing one-on-one battle against like a general White Walker. Yeah, yeah. Where he where I would love that. Hundreds and hundreds yeah. of whites die behind him because you know because if you yeah. take down the guy who turns, turns, yeah, yeah. So he's gonna take down one of the top dudes. That's and and like. we're going to see hundreds of whites fall because of Grey Worm's efforts. Yeah. And it's going to be all in vain because he's going <laughs> to be overwhelmed. He's going to be killed. I can already see it. They will sing songs in his They're honor, They're going to be songs friend. in his name. I mean, it might even be the, the night. Look, key. Like, I'm imagining like. Oh, the night. You, yeah. I'm imagining like the most epic farewell for Grey Worm. But it will be a farewell. Look, <laughs> for you. For you. I hope that he and Masende retire, retire to the Isle of North and adopt some children and live a happy life. And that's I hope that happens for you. Happen. I hope so too, man. I, that's the one that I, I don't feel like. I love that. Because he's one of my favorite. If you said is, name your five favorite characters left in the show, yeah. he's in my top five. And like, Jacob, that's how much I love Grey uh, Jacob Anderson is the yeah. actor. Great played. singer. Uh, yes, he is a he's singer. Yes, amazing yes. singer. Which is funny because he also got Braun Jerome Flynn, had a hit singles in the UK in the 90s. Yeah, that's great. It, it's it's uh, and as we learned, Ken Vara, singer, songwriter, pianist. So, yeah. all right, so that is a great choice. Number three, your heartbreaking decision to kill off Grey Worm, but no. Uh, number two, what do you got? Number two, man, top two fighters left on the show. At number two, I got the the, the big man himself. Yeah. I got the hound. You got to go Sandra to the hound. Glane, man. Love this. This is the guy that we've yeah. seen again, time and time again. Mm-hmm. Most skill, most strength, mm-hmm. enormous Big sword, like he says to Arya. Yep. yep. Big armor, like he says to Arya. Yep. 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 <laughs> this is the type of knight that yep. we hear legends of. Yeah. It is Sander Kagane. He is yep. the guy who has 
not just the the, the body mm-hmm. to take down people, yeah, but the skill to take down people. And right. we've seen it time and time again against Lannister soldiers, yeah. against whites, whoever it is. The Hound will find a way to beat you using his skill, using his strength, and using right. his enormous size. Yeah, he he would be offended. You called him a knight, number one, but two. Uh, he going back to what you said with Braun, like the Hound is. I, going back to season two when they faced off before the Battle of Blackwater oh, Bay, like I was pissed at the Hound. It's like, come on, yeah, you got bigger things to worry. Oh about. yeah, I was rooting for Braun. Yeah, I was like, yeah, come on, man. Um, and he's singing a great song. Just, just stop. Um, I would have loved to have seen it because I think the Hound is, in a way, uh, like he's high on your list for a reason. Like the better version of Braun, he's got maybe yes. all the training, uh, knight-like training. Even though he's he, he's saying I'm not a knight, um, but he's got that street. Like he is the one who tells Arya. Just like how many Starks do they have to behead before you understand how it all really is? And I think he's got that gives him that leg up. Yes. And he's yes. great. And watching, you know, going north of the wall, he makes some stupid mistakes north of the wall. Throwing that Throwing rock. Throwing that rock. <laughs> all right. And afraid of fire. I think he, Thoros dies That's because of him. That's, That's a weakness. weakness. Uh, going to be a lot of fire going around. Yeah. But uh, uh, without a doubt, you want him there. A hundred percent. I mean, as far as skill, as far, yeah. as far as strength goes, it's one of those things where if you if you follow combat sports, you know that size and weight plays a huge factor. I mean, the sure. whole I mean, UFC boxing is divided into weight classes for a reason. Right. The bigger guy has the bigger advantage, leverage, strength, body mass, mm-hmm. all that stuff is is there to absorb hits. It's there to to use your strength over an opponent. Yeah. That's why he's got an advantage. It's because of his size. His size offers him that ability to take down more skilled fighters, right? You know, maybe him against Braun would be a close fight, but I still got the hound because of his skills. Yeah. And we've seen that time and time again. He's not just a big brute. Exactly. He's not just a big brute. And I love how he, I love that scene with Arya. It's one of my favorite hound moments. It's one of my favorite game of Thrones moments when Arya is practicing the water dancing and he just makes fun of her (laughs) and he's just trolling the crap out of, uh, what's his freaking name? Uh, Sir, well, Sir Terrell. Sir Terrell. But the, my, one of my favorite Game of Thrones lines is when she says, you know, Mar- Marin Trant killed him. Like, the greatest Marin swords. F- yeah. Lost to Marin fucking Trant. It's, so it's the greatest swordsman who ever lived. Lost to Marin fucking Trant. Love all this and stuff. And then she's like, Roy he didn't have did. a sword. And he's like, he didn't have a sword. <laughs> and the way his like voice goes off is so funny, it's man. great stuff. And, and then I'm when he says... Cause I got a big sword and yeah. big armor. That's mm-hmm. why I'm gonna kick anyone's ass. Yeah, and it's true. Yep. His armor is insane. Like it, yeah. it's so thick, it's so big. Like, we'll how are you gonna pierce that? And yeah. then obviously his sword is so big. Yeah, how are you gonna stop that? Like, it's one of those things where if we don't see someone on yeah. the show stop the hound, we think he's invincible. Yeah, invincible. But I'm hinting at my number one I because we do wonder. see someone stop the hound. Yes. I have to put at my number one mm-hmm. as someone who's huge. Yeah. who also has huge armor and might even have more skill, I believe, to be the most, so. the most skilled fighter on the show is my number one pick and my number one fighter left on the show, and that's Brienne of Tarth. Oh, I thought you were going to say Patrick Payne. <laughs> no, Brienne no. of fucking Tarth. Brienne of yes, Tarth. Yes, Brienne of Tarth. Absolutely. She has proven time and time again. Obviously, I don't count as most people do, as most people don't, I'm sorry, the Jamie versus Brienne moment because yeah, yeah. of certain factors. You don't really count it. We don't really know. Obviously, I would love to put Jamie on this list, but even he said it. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's yeah. not as good as with his left hand. I yeah. still still think that he can. We've seen him hold oh, his own can, against a Thraki. He, like, can, he can fight. Yeah, like, he, he's can, the kind, he can still whale. He'd yeah. be in my top 10. Let's yeah. just say that. Like, oh, and, and I know. Because he has the knowledge, too. He might be down a hand, but he's 100%. Yeah. No one on my list, no one on my list mm-hmm. has the awareness of a Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Like he is the most like almost like second spider sense mm-hmm. type of fighter where he feels the environment better than any other fighter. I, I really do feel like Jamie Lannister is the kind of guy who can, like I said, be mm-hmm. on my top 10, 100%. If yeah. he had his both hands, he'd be my number one. Yeah, yeah. But since he doesn't, he doesn't, he'd be in my top 10, but at my number one, it's Brienne of Tarth. We've mm-hmm. seen her take down, I, it's not just her taking down these soldiers and taking mm-hmm. down these men throughout Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's the way she does it. She yeah. does it with 
ease, with grace, mm-hmm. almost like she's dancing. It's, it's like she's snapping people's necks and yeah. cutting people left and right. One of my favorite moments is when um, mm-hmm. Jamie's, I mean, I'm sorry, when Brienne is traveling with Jamie and she runs into those Stark men. I was just going to say that. And she kills yeah. them in two seconds. She kills four dudes in like two seconds. And, and It's like literally like, and they're dead. Jamie had, and Jamie's that's Jamie's like, reaction. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> I've been making fun of her. Oh, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. That's when you learn real quick that yeah. her legendary status mm-hmm. is that she is the greatest fighter on yeah. the show. And obviously her introduction, we see her beat Sir Loris. Sir Loris. And Loris. Screaming. Yeah. Loris. No, yeah. I, I'm a defender of Loris Tyrell. Oh no. I'm, I think I'm just he's saying, a beast. <laughs> I think he is. I'm just saying that moment, you know, Hey, they're having some fun in a way. It's a, it's a combat no, but, it, thing, is but it, uh, isn't but he's that great. Uh, they, that's like a tournament yeah, going on. Yeah, it's a little tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Where so they take down, like... It's, it's for keeps. It's, uh, yeah. I, I forget how many people were in that tournament. Right, right, but right. But it's supposed to be, like, hundreds. Yeah. Uh, to see who's the best fighter left on, you know, the Baratheon army. Yeah. And and her going up against... Her one-on-one against Loras, and Loras loses mm-hmm. to Brienne of Tarth because Brienne is more resourceful, is more yeah. skilled. But Loras is a beast, too, man. Yeah. We, we see of... You know, Laura's beating Jamie. I, I think at a uh, at a tournament. He didn't. He didn't like see he's, him. He's yeah, yeah. Got, he's got skill. And, Obviously, and, he's better at horseback. Mountain, you know, he used the, his horse to his advantage. That's right. Just, he beats the mountain yeah, too. Yeah. Like he's he's better at horseback. He's mm-hmm. he's he's got some trickery. He's got a little bit more speed than maybe yeah. Brienne does. But Brienne takes him down. Like right. this is her leveling up. It's her proving her point as far as being. Right. the most skilled fighter on the show. And I, I really do feel like she is the most skilled fighter in the show because of her skill yeah. and her size yeah. and Valyrian steel. Oh, it's game over, man. It's check, 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 check. And so we know one of the things I, I, in watching, I, I missed it uh, in some of my trailer breakdowns, that shot I thought was Jamie on the wall at Winterfell in the battle. It's, it's Brienne. I think it's Brienne too. And, yeah. It's swinging in action. So yeah. we know she's going to be in the thick of it. We know yeah. she's up there and, and I don't see, I think I see her having a little bit of plot armor. I don't know if if George would, uh, in his story, would take her out because that's doesn't seem, you know. But I like I would say the same thing about Tyrion. But I have some doubts of his survival too. You know, so I think anyone's fair game to go. But she's one of those underdogs that's going to get her dead. This is what's great about my list is kind of how how do we see this now that we see who I consider to be the best fighters left on the show, yeah. the Battle of Winterfell. How is it going to go down? What do yeah. we see going on? And and what I see going on in, in my battle mentality is, is obviously what I said about Grey Worm already. Mm-hmm. I see him taking down dozens of whites. I right. even see him taking down a White Walker general and eventually dying. I see Grey Worm being the first one out on okay. the Battle of Winterfell. I see Jorah with Heartsbane mm-hmm. kicking ass. I see Brienne and Jamie almost like back to back. Tag teaming. Tag yeah. teaming, kicking ass. I see Jamie pull, holding his own. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, I see. Jamie could probably be one of the casualties in this battle. In this battle, you know, I, I, I hope not. Because to be honest, I yeah. mean, if, if if this was my list of favorite characters right, right, left right. on the show, Jamie is my favorite character left on right. the show. I've said that before. I, yeah, I do. I would only push back on the on the little bit of plot armor if he's going to go get involved in Cersei's story. That's right. That's that's, that's, the, that's the only way. But if point. we're just talking about the battle and we're looking at it, I, I you every everyone in my be mind the heartbreaking is fair moment. Game. If if I had to choose between. Yeah. Who do I think is going to die first, mm-hmm. Jamie or Brienne? I might pick Jamie. I think Brienne yes. might see him die. Yes, I do agree with that. Yeah, if it's, I, I if it's, it's here or later, yes, that heartbreaking loss. But I do feel like that vision in the book yeah. where Jamie is laying on the stump of the right, right. tree, mm-hmm. where he sees himself with Brienne mm-hmm. and two flaming swords, yep. is the two Valyrian steel swords. I, like I think that's the foreshadowing of the Battle of Winterfell, mm. where Jamie and Brienne have the two flaming swords. Right, right. But that's the Valyrian oh, steel. Oh, they're flaming. Oh, and there's passion. And they're kicking ass left yeah, and right. I like that's, that. I that's like my that favorite bit. couple on the show, too, uh, it's man. It's a lot of people. Oh, Brienne and people. Jamie. I, I ship that so hard. That's like a lot of people the only do. thing I ship more than Brienne and Jamie is me and Mira Reed. But that's, <laughs> it's a whole different podcast. You Mira oh, Mira not, Reed. Not you and Missandei out of respect for oh, Grey Worm. Out of respect for Grey Worm. I respect that. I respect that. His skills would be a little bit much for me to handle. <laughs> But uh, but uh, I I do see that interaction coming into the battle. I see the hound. Obviously, we see it mm-hmm. in the trailer, freaking out with the fire. Yeah, yeah. He might have, he might even get over his fear of the fire in yeah. that in that battle. I think he's gonna have to. I think I think it all factors in there too. It's interesting there. Uh, 
Great list. I think it would sync up with my list too. Uh, it would pains me. I'd put Jorah off because of again we saw. Yeah, he's healed of the grayscale, but I think he would be affected. Um, two ones that I'm not necessarily saying I'd put on my list, but I want to get your thoughts on them and see if they factor at all. In one we know doesn't directly factor, uh, but he's out there, and you mentioned him. Uh, that'd be the mountain. So we know he's hide. We we know he's not going to be the battle of Winterfell, but. Is, so is that maybe why he's not on your list? Yeah, yeah or, or uh, that's part of the reason why. I also have to factor in that he's dead. <laughs> well, that he's been defeated. Yeah, that, that, in a way, it's one he, of those. He things got a costly victory. Like he literally is a walking zombie mountain. So yeah. that that kind of inhibits his obviously his brain I function agree with that. Yeah. as far as his awareness and mm-hmm. his skill. I could see someone like a Jamie, uh, someone like a Grey Worm. Yeah. Uh, dancing around him and might maybe getting the better of him. I, I, I don't think this is the kind of guy. Obviously, right. we're gonna we're gonna see the the the, the Clegane, Clegane Clegane Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, we're gonna bow, see bow, that. Bow. And I don't see him dying through. I mean, if he's literally, obviously, I'm going mm. back into my nerdum, right? So I'm thinking. I don't want of, you to leave your nerdum of zombies. If we yeah. think of zombies, how do you kill a zombie? You take off the head, or you stab the head, you shoot the head, whatever you want to say it. Yeah. I don't see him getting killed by a stabbing. Mm. I could see a few people on my list, a John. Right. Gray Worm, figuring that out, dancing around Franken Mountain, right, and figuring out, oh, this guy's dead. I have to take off his head his and head. slicing off his head somehow, or stabbing him in the head. Like yeah, I yeah. could see the mountain, like maybe grabbing a Gray Worm, and Gray Worm just pulls uh, the knife like out that. of his back and just goes, <laughs> stabs him in the head. Yeah, like he's those. He's not as skilled as someone like a Gray Worm or a John, where yeah. they can figure, or even a Brienne or a Hound, mm-hmm. who could say, mm, I can beat this guy. I know he's super strong, and if he grabs right. me i'm dead but if i can take off his head i can be it that's why he's not I, on my list I, I because don't, i don't see him as like figuring that out right he's Again, just a big this uh, isn't someone that i even would put her on my list i just he's obviously yeah. valuable i wish he was up there you know i wish sure. cersei had teamed up and we you know we're facing the night he's great like just put him I out mean, there the whites would be like yo that's my brother yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's yeah. dead like me <laughs> take out a, a giant maybe everything that and then oh, the, and then the, i want to do yeah i'm so i because obviously I'm, I'm on my season seven watch yeah so yeah. i saw the the white giant oh it's yeah. still I just imagine oh, who's going to kill the giant, man. Well, like who is going to do it? Several of them walking through the is it wall be, at the end. Is it going to be Drogon or is it going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a couple people? Couple like, people. Is Grey Worm and Brienne going to team up to take down a giant white? Oh, awesome. We got some good stuff on. coming. And the final one, again, uh, I'm not saying this is, would be on my list. I, I can see some reasons why it's not. Um, she also, I think, hasn't proven herself in this type of capacity. Oh, and that's Arya stuff. Yeah, Arya was a She's got some skills, but... I, I don't see her as a, this is going to, obviously a lot of people are going to be upset, but, but it's I'm one of sorry. those things where I, I see her more as a, as a ninjutsu kind of fighter yeah. where she's fighting oh, in the absolutely. shadows. She's mm-hmm. the kind of fighter to sneak up on you and stab you in the throat from behind and she's bake the, you into a pie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's, she's that kind of fighter. I don't Absolutely. see her as, and as you can see in the trailer, I'm kind of right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's not, she, factoring she's that. not the kind of fighter who's going to be like a gray worm and take down 20 dudes. I totally agree. I totally agree. I think she's got some skills. We saw her with Brienne. Yeah. Uh, I think there's some stuff there, but she's got needle is not exactly, you know, we're, yeah. we're talking a, a little tiny sword. So I, I don't I think her size also plays a size. And I, I think if Brienne was going off, she yeah. would have, Murdered Arya Stark. And I, I, and everyone I goes see, back to that fight scene, but come yeah, on. I, I disagree with you. I, I mean, I agree with you. Sorry. Oh, I was no, 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 no. We've what? seen Brienne go off and yeah. she can take down the Hound, which yes. that's, that's why it's that, that's one of the best fights in the show. It's my favorite Because fight it's when show. it clicks in her head that she's like, oh, if I'm going to beat this guy, yeah. I'm going to have to it's go vicious. And violence she goes and ugly. Vicious. It's my favorite it's fight ugly. in the she show. She like picks up a rock. Like yeah. that's the kind of fighter that Brienne is. And if yeah. she has that intensity against Arya, yeah. It's over. It's it's. I love that fight. It's so raw and messy there. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say. I just again, if we're if we're if we're looking at this as a like a, a sport a fight, uh, an NFL game, a, a basketball game, and you're looking down at your roster of players, do you want Ari on the front lines in this battle? And I could see John going, absolutely not. We need you absolutely. in the crypts. Yeah, I'm not letting you do this. You need to help get people out. Well, or you I, need to do I, I do else. feel like she's going to be in. The, I, I think she will be in the battle. Right, and I, and I think she's going to be overwhelmed. I, I, I think that's okay. why we find her in the running. trailer running away. I, I think mm-hmm. she's going to see when when the mm-hmm. when the army starts losing because 
let's be let's be honest, guys. Yeah. They're gonna lose. <laughs> uh, yeah, this Battle of Winterfell is not gonna be a W for I, I, for I, our heroes. <laughs> I don't I don't disagree with you. I wonder, and that's what I'm so they kind excited. Of spoil that in the trailer I'm by kind seeing of Arya, yeah, yeah, face in blood. Yeah, you know she's Maybe. got blood on yeah. her face. She's running away. She could just be running from uh, Sansa because they they hate each other. Remember. <laughs> Uh, I, I think what Arya sees is death all around her, yeah, yeah. blood flying everywhere, Unsullied going down, Dothraki going down. She's getting overwhelmed by whites and white walkers, yeah. and she retreats yeah. to to the crypts, and she's running away because she realizes that she's in way over her head. Yeah. Because she says in the beginning of the trailer, I've yeah. seen death and, you know. She's very confident. She's and so she's, confident. And she's she's like, I can kill anyone. And it's yep. like, you know, I can't. <laughs> that's what Ra- Rachel kept saying on our previous episode of Casually Talk here. Just like if, if Arya is afraid, what is she running from? So yeah. I totally understand. I think she's good. And again, I don't I think John's saying you might you might factor in, you might be part of it. But you ain't going to be here on the on the on the top of this uh, this uh, battle here with us. So great list, wonderful conversation. We're going to have a lot more of this uh, uh, with uh, Andres Cabrera. Some, uh, you know, we do Star Wars ranked on Force Center. We'll start ranking more stuff here on Casterly Talk. We have a lot to break down after season eight with rankings and all the kind of things as we go back through things. But wonderful stuff, man. This is why you are our combat expert here on Casterly Talk. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Hey, Casterly Talk, uh, we'll be back here in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be an all-star team at this uh, at, at this time. Uh, you know, recording, uh, we got some recordings coming. It's going to be all four of us, Lon, Rachel, Andres, me, talking about Game of Thrones, the final two episodes of Casterly Talk on Saturdays before the season starts. And once the season starts, we'll change to Tuesdays, maybe afternoons, as we said before. We're going to take some time as fans. The four of us are fans first, broadcasters and pundits of Game of Thrones second. We're going to take some time, enjoy the show. Uh, we'll have all the theories, the breakdowns, and all those kind of things, but this is not going to be a rush to clicks, a rush to listens and downloads. We're going to have some fun, get together, record, and then release the episodes like uh, Tuesday, early Tuesday, to, uh, Tuesday afternoon at the latest. Um, so look forward to, to that this coming season there. As always, you can uh, uh, follow Casually Talk on Facebook with our official page, but I also want to have you all follow Andres uh, on Twitter and listen to his show with Robert Butler. Tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, um, check me out over on first cut the youtube channel it's going to be the meaning of podcast where we break down our directors different directors and their filmography we also break down movies and kind of talk about the deeper meaning within those movies you can check that out on youtube and on the collider uh collider factory right. itunes feed as well i'm at squad leader race on twitter go follow me for more game of thrones rants and yeah Absolutely. Please do. Uh, Robert Butler III and Ace Andres Cabrera, they're two of my favorites. They know what they're doing, and I think they're, uh, they are untapped resources for knowledge in this film and geek culture landscape, so check on them there, but I'm glad to have you here. And for me, you can follow me at Catnapsock or go to catnapsock.com for more information. And you can uh, either there or go directly to places like Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Pre-order my book, Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments That Built a Galaxy Far, Far Away, being released May 15th, but you can pre-order it now. And I'm having some information soon on potential live events, book signings, all those fun things over there in the Star Wars world. But that is it for now. The war is coming think we're going to be ready. We'll see you soon here on Casterly Talk. Mm-hmm.